if you end it on an arrows, it's more like a fizzle. <laughs> what was that? That was a fizzle. That was a fizzle. <laughs> the news. <laughs> it doesn't really work with the news. That's why. I guess so. It doesn't. Um, <laughs> so a small hip point increase. A hip point. What's a hip point? A hip. A hip. A hip. Anonymous. Hip hop anonymous. Hip hop anonymous. But uh, spaghetti needs the ball. You like it better? Is that you can create jet up. You can create yeah, gems. You cre let's I'd create, create gems. gems. I'd be rich. <laughs> let's create gems. Oh, I figured it out. There was a fuzz in my shake, lip. Shake it off, dude. Nah, man, there was, a fuzz, like, there was a fuzz in my lip. You gotta be like Taylor Swift and just shake it off. You're not shaking it. To Cast Royale, the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob. And I'm Joe. And this week, we talk about all of the changes that hit the game, go through an awesome deck spotlight, and more. Yes, we do. So, welcome to episode number 13. 13! Which I guess yeah. for some would be extremely unlucky. Well, only if you release the episode on a Friday. Well, that's true. Let's, let's not do that. Let's aim for not Friday. Yes. Um, so how was your week in the arena? Better than last week, I hope. All I will say is that this week was a significant upclimb out of the pit that you threw me in. The black hole? <laughs> out of the black hole that you threw me in last week. This week, I went from 2,268 trophies to the highest of 2,895. And at one point, I honestly thought, I really did, I honestly thought that I was going to finally make it to the Legendary Arena without a Legendary. Mm. But I didn't. I didn't make it. You're lucky, but not that lucky. I'm not that lucky. I went. Nope. So now I'm like teetering between 2700 and 2850. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like where I'm at right now. But I am happy there. Um, one, because we're in an awesome new arena. And two, because I'm not in the dark pit that you threw me in anymore. Well, that's good. I didn't really want you to be in there to begin with. It was, it's just fun to see you sweat a little bit. Yeah, sure. You, you didn't really care. You didn't, you didn't have any enjoyment of seeing me in that deep, dark pit. Every time you're like, oh, you know what, Joe? I'm going to take you out of that dark pit. Oh, no, no. You know what? Let me throw you back in, and let's just talk about how awesome my week was. That's why I said we were circling around the black pit. Mm -hmm. But to be fair, um, oh, how the tables have turned, because I went back down to like, 2500 not nearly as bad as your 500 plus drop but uh still extremely frustrating although i will point out that i was at my all-time high because of purple flames deck of 2916 that is awesome yeah and that's with no legendaries because i'm the unluckiest person on the planet so i will ask you this question i will give you this answer what do you think with Purple Flames deck is preventing you from getting to the Legendary Arena. Because, side note, Purple finally made it to the Legendary Arena last week mm -hmm. with that deck. I think his Prince might be like one level higher. I think his is four. What do you think is holding you back? Do you think it's the Prince or is it things you're, you're playing weird? I've, or tell me. I think it's a combination of a couple of different things. 
It's probably because my prince isn't level four. Um, it's also probably because my fireball isn't level seven. And I only have, well, now I have two level 10 cards, but one of them is a zap. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that could only be as effective as a zap can be. I think zap is pretty effective. It is, but I mean, I'm playing people that have level 10 and level 11 uh, minions. So, oh gosh, it doesn't really kill them. Definitely kills level eight minions. But you're not facing those. I'm never facing those. So yeah, I don't know. So you think that the zap is holding you back, the fireball is holding you back, and the prince is holding you back. I also think that sometimes I just lose my mind when I'm playing. Yeah, no. You pull at me? Yeah. You put spear goblins next to a wizard and wonder why they die? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Funny that we both had opposite weeks two weeks in a row. We flippity-floppity. We did flippy-floppy. Um, so, since we have so much stuff to talk about, let's go into... The news. Supercell decided to release balance changes again after already releasing balance changes for eight cards two weeks after they made those changes. I don't know about you, but I cannot keep up with these balance changes. I really don't understand because... I really, especially since it says in the release notes for it, you can expect monthly balance changes to keep gameplay fine-tuned and as fun as possible. Well, this is bi-monthly. Is not bi-monthly, right. Right. Like, every two weeks is very, very frequent. In my opinion, like, just to give you perspective on that, a season is only two weeks long. I know. So, essentially, they're coming out with a new meta for every season. At this point, and you don't even have time to use it before it before it changes. Yeah, I don't know. And you know, to be fair, um, this was the first time that they put them so close together. It it almost seemed like the one from uh, two weeks ago, uh, the first time they did the balance changes to those eight cards. It almost seemed like they wanted to include that in the July fourth one. But I think that probably would have been way too much all at once, considering that we also got all of the changes in the game, too. Well, I hear you. But to be honest with you, they've they've had huge balance change updates before. Like the last one they gave us was only, what, eight cards. They've right. had much more than that before. So what I what I think happened is they came out with the balance changes and then they were going to release the tournaments on on July 4th. But then realized that they needed to tweak some other things by the time the tournaments came out that they wanted to include for the tournaments to occur um, on the same day. Right. Plus, they were probably also making those balance changes, keeping the new cards that we got in mind. Very fair point. Yeah. So let's go through um, the balance changes and let's start with the skeleton army. So the skeleton count increased uh, to 21 from 20. So the skeleton that left the one elixir cost skeletons joined the skeleton army. I don't know about you, Rob, but I think the missing piece, I think the reason that the skeleton army wasn't so popular and the reason why it wasn't so viable is because it was missing the fourth skeleton from the skeletons. I think now that it's 21, it's going to be very, very good. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Yeah, this one. I don't know if you could sense the sarcasm, but this literally meant uh, absolutely nothing. Oh, yeah, I don't I don't really understand this one. So we're just going to keep going. So the yes. next one that we had was a complete reversal on the goblet barrel, right? Yeah, this one to me. So so for this one, 
they decreased the cost from four to three, right? Because mm-hmm. they wanted to increase the, the, the cycle ability of it. They also wanted to make it a little bit more comparable to the minor for some mm-hmm. reason, the legendary card, the minor. Um, also within the change, they increased the deployment time of the goblins that deploy up from one second to 1.2 seconds. Right. And now, the previous balance changes did the exact opposite of that. Right. The previous balance changes went from 1.2 to 1, and now this balance change reverses that. It kind of negates what they did last time. But they also removed the impact damage of the card being thrown out. So when it lands on the floor or on your tower or whatever, it doesn't do damage anymore. Right. Fine. To me, this one was just reaction. Like, to me, I felt like they, they put out a balance change in hopes that it would make people use the Goblin Barrel more because they like to spice things up a little bit. <laughs> but it wasn't working at all. And then... When they realized that it wasn't working at all, they tried to change the most drastic change you can make to a card, leaving all else consistent, is changing the elixir cost of that card. Right, that's true. I mean, in theory, they made the card 25% cheaper to play. So you can play it a lot more times in the course of a three-minute battle. And if it goes into overtime, it's four minutes, whatever. Um, I think this one was strictly reactionary just to get people to use it more. It wasn't... They say that they're trying to make it more comparable to the minor, but... They really just want, I mean, that's not a balance. That's just, you want people to use it interchangeably. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, what is, what is, when you're playing against the Goblin Barrel, what is your, what is your answer to that? Uh, Arrows or zap. Arrows or zap. Now, let me ask you a question. When you see the guy volley the, the, the Goblin Barrel across the, across the entire arena, are you waiting for it to land before you throw arrows on it? Or I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for, like, right before it lands. Right. So you basically use your timing and your ability to, like, time things mm-hmm. to set up the spell so that as soon as the goblins land, they get killed. Right. So 0.2 seconds, sure, even if they get one hit off on the tower. Is it really, really going to make people use it more? No, I think, I think you're right. I think the thing that's going to make them use it more is the elixir cost being dropped. That is definitely going to make people use and it. And that's a reason to use it, for sure, especially since it, it's similar in style to the minor, but it's not a legendary. Correct. And it's not a tank. And it's the first time that they've ever changed the cost of a card. Uh, I think when the game like first came out, they dropped the cost of the Three Musketeers from 10 to 9. You're right. You're absolutely Because they, they right. also came out with the mirror, right? And the mirror can have a cost of plus one, so... Right. Nothing costs 11, so they had to drop it, I guess. You're totally right. So this is the second card. But if you think about it, the the 10 to 9 is only a 10% reduction in cost. This is a 25% reduction in cost. So this is definitely going to, quote unquote, hit the mark, as they they love to say. Yeah. Um, And then the next one was a huge increase for the giant skeleton. His damage was increased by 20%, but doesn't affect when he... uh, creates the bomb and that explodes this is just his uh melee attack right so only his melee attack got increased but the bomb does the same amount of damage it used to right the skeleton for a six cost card was way too easily distracted by like the normal not the spear goblins the regular goblins Mm -hmm. so essentially you could spend two elixir throw them towards the middle of the river and have the skeleton walk towards it Every swing, you would expect that the giant could kill a goblin with one swing, but it couldn't. It would take two. So essentially, it would take six total hits to kill the goblins, 
while the tower and and three goblins are killing it. Yeah, that's by crazy to- talk. By the time that happens, it's dead. So I think it was just way too easily countered by much smaller cost troops. Um, so this change lets him one shot the goblins on the way uh, on the way to the tower. You know, it's not going to stop the the barbarians from killing them like like you said, but you know, it's just a little boost. Yep. Um, then. Your boy, the Dark Prince, got an increase in damage by 8% um, and no longer gets affected by pushback when he gets hit by a fireball. I love this change. <laughs> I really do. I this mean, is good. Combined with the shield, this makes him uh, very, 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 very viable. Well, let me, ask you, let me ask you this. Does the regular prince get affected by knockback? Nope. Nope. So why would the Dark Prince get affected by knockback? That's They're true. literally the same exact character, only one does more damage to single-target troops, and the other does less damage to AoE troops. And one has pretty cool Arabian music when you throw him out on the field. Boom. <laughs> you don't think his music's Arabian? I do. Arabian? Yeah. I, I don't know. Then what's the regular knight? No, I think the re- You mean the prince? Yes. <laughs> The prince. I still think that the prince. I still think the prince and the knight should have their name swapped. Yeah, I don't really get why the why the prince. <laughs> now I'm gonna get confused. Now I'm yeah, confusing no, myself with don't, which don't even, which. don't even go into it. You're just gonna throw yourself off. All right, the prince, the guy on the horse. <laughs> yes, right. I like this change. <laughs> no, I do too. Uh, this is a good one. Um, and then they went ahead and did the unthinkable. They increased the damage by nine percent for the bomber. How do you feel about this change, considering the overabundance of bomber royal giant combos there are? You know, to be honest with you, I don't really, f- I don't really face that many royal giant bomber decks. Really? I really. Uh, to be honest, I really. You don't. and I are definitely playing on two different servers. I feel like you and I never align with what kinds of decks we see. <laughs> I, I mean, I've seen it before. Don't get me wrong, but I, I don't see it like all the time. I mean, I see it enough where it becomes annoying. Hmm. I guarantee you it has to do with the deck that you're playing. Yeah, no, it, it definitely does. But I don't mind this, this change so much. Like 9% damage increase, it might seem like a lot. Mm-hmm. Sure, he does AoE damage. Sure, it's a lot of AoE damage. But I mean, he attacks, it's like 1.9 seconds per attack. So I mean, he's really got to stay on the battlefield to, to do anything of significance. Yeah, this that's really true. This really just impacts his quick ability to kill the Barbarians. To kill like units that are just stacked up behind the royal giant, like you can, I mean, what this really does is it absolutely increases the value of a bomber freeze combination. Yep, definitely. Um, because if he can just sit there, if you have a high enough level freeze, you can get it all the way up to like almost. I'm I'm guessing, but I think it's almost seven or eight seconds. Um, if it's at level eight. Yeah, you're probably right. And. I mean, just think about having a bomber sitting there, throwing, literally lobbing bombs on you for eight seconds. He can probably get off about four, almost five attacks mm-hmm. within that time span. And he does really decent damage to begin with. Now he's getting a 9% increase. You want to know what I don't like about this, this balance change? What? The rationale. <laughs> I, I can't take half the rationales that the I hear from them. The bomber hasn't seen a big uptake in usage at the top. Extra damage will make him even more deadly. And hopefully, more of a compelling choice yeah like stop making cards more of a compelling choice just make them balanced 
Right. No, I agree. And if a card has a specific quirk to it, let it have that quirk. Like, that's just the way that the card works. I'm sorry. Maybe he's just meant to let people rise up to legendary, but not be used in legendary. Right. Some cards, I mean, you don't find legendary cards in the super low arenas, so some low cards shouldn't be in the legendary arena. No, that's a good point. Well, if they're going to use this, if they're going to use this logic all the time, then why not just give everybody legendaries, make the whole game fair, and then everybody will use them everywhere, and then it'll be uh, fine. The utopia you speak of sounds amazing. I know, but hey, mm-hmm. we still have no legendaries. Zero. Zip. Um, and then they did an interesting change to the wizard, who got his attack speed increased to 1.6 seconds, and it yep. was 1.7, which to me personally didn't originally seem like a huge deal, but now that I see it in play... Um, again, I think this is very similar to the bomber where it makes it much easier for him to take out, uh, barbarians. I completely agree. But for this one, I actually like the rationale. Like they basically say that a faster attack speed is going to make him more in line with the ice wizard and increase his value. So, I mean, they should have similar attack speeds. I mean, the ice wizard has 1.5, but he does less damage so he can attack quicker. The wizard is going to be 1.6, so slightly, slightly slower, but he does more damage, so you would expect that. Right. No, it makes perfect sense. And then the next card, one of my most hated cards, um, got an increase in hit points by 6%, which was the Inferno Tower. And apparently in this next update, or the update that just happened, uh, Zap and Freeze will reset the Inferno Tower's damage. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Did you know that the zap and the freeze did not reset the damage? I honestly thought that at the very least, the zap did. I thought that they both did. I mean, I thought that once the, the I guess it's a fire stream, lava stream, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. inferno stream, fine. Yeah. Um, once that broke, damage was over. And I never, ever, ever realized that once it started back up, it started back up at where it left off. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Um, but I should say that the one thing that this doesn't affect is previously if let's just say the inferno tower was targeting your royal giant Mm -hmm. if you zap it and then maybe one of your little minions like your actual minions that are flying over the river get closer to the inferno tower the inferno tower will retarget onto the minion if it retargeted onto another troop it did reset its attack it's only it only didn't reset its attack if it was on on the same same unit on the same troop right that's interesting but now the zap a little bit more complicated to reset it i like that so you you like this change i mean personally i think that this just makes it last a little bit longer when it's facing a royal giant um and maybe a little bit more when it has to deal with other types of troops but i really think that this is just uh to really give it more of an edge against a royal giant right i mean if you think about it with the new update that's out, now Freeze and Zap reset the damage. Mm-hmm. It has to be able to have more health to live longer to, re- to revamp its damage. Mm-hmm. So, and especially since the Inferno Tower is like the only counter really for an, uh, a royal giant, like the only serious counter, I guess they kind of have to balance it out. It's the only hard counter, but he can, I mean, he can be countered by a lot of different cards. I mean, he could be countered with skeletons, I'm just saying. The, the exact true. opposite of a giant or a royal giant or a, a giant skeleton is the Inferno Tower. No, I'm with you. So I know you hate this card, but I really don't mind this, this change, only because the increase in health is offset by the fact that any sort of stun or freeze will reset the damage. 
So I think I'm fine with it. Yeah, that's true. And speaking of resetting things, um, the Elixir Collector is now affected by slowing and speed up effects, which include the Poison, Freeze, Zap, Rage, and the Ice Wizard. Thoughts? I mean, I haven't really used the Elixir Collector in a long time, um, but I think that these cards should affect the Elixir Collector, and I'm surprised that it never did. It's very cool that the Rage is going to do that. I want to uh, see how fast Elixir gets pumped with that. Well, I agree, but if you think about it, this change isn't, it's not a buff. Like, you might no, think, like, oh, people are going to Rage, okay, great. There are a lot more things in this game that decrease speed then increase speed yep the only thing that increases speed is rage and now one of the new legendary cards right but there's a lot there's literally it's a four to one ratio yep there are you're right there's definitely more um but i like i said i really think that it's uh it's it's really interesting to see them uh make this type of change um and it again it didn't even occur to me that this wasn't something that could affect these things and now it can completely agree Mm mm-hmm um, and then they increased the hit points of the tombstone by 9%. That was after they decreased it to being three elixir, correct? So I think that this definitely makes it more of a defensive option. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I didn't mind this at all. I, yeah. I, I, actually, I actually respected this. I thought that the tombstone was a little bit underpowered. I thought that especially when compared with the, um, the other three cost building that's defensive, which is the cannon. Mm-hmm. Um, it just wasn't, it wasn't useful. Um, I think there are two things that make this thing more balanced. One, the, the hog rider had a decrease in attack by 6%, right. so it has less damage. And two, this got increased, so it, it'll take one more total swing for the hog rider to kill the tombstone. Plus, it still has its skeletons that come out when you kill it. So, you know, they're just making it more of a, um, a punisher for a longer period of time on the on the battlefield yeah um i agree speaking of punisher what do you think of the next change the last and final change i'm gonna let you read it because this makes me want to jump out a window well that's not good no (laughs) (laughs) but anyway (laughs) so the the final change for this uh for this balance update is that the bomb tower had its hit points increased by 6%. The bomb tower is seen extremely rarely at the top, but has pretty good showing in the early to mid levels. A small hit point increase should make it more relevant and interesting in the high arenas without overpowering it in low arenas. I don't know about you, but when I was in low arenas, that thing had way too much health to begin with, and I hated versing it. <laughs> yep. I don't know how they can rationalize increasing anything that makes this thing more powerful where it won't dominate the lower arenas. I honestly think it dominated the lower arenas already. Yeah, so I don't, I don't like this one. I don't even want to spend any more time on it. I can't, I can't even think about it. It makes me so mad. Boom. Mm-hmm. So. Overall, what are your thoughts on the balance changes? Overall, I think that they came out way too quickly. Um, I was still getting used to the original ones, but a lot of them I like. Some of them I hate. Um, but overall, I would say generally this was probably, if I had to grade it from like, you know, school grading, A to F, this is probably a, a, a solid B. Yeah, I'd say a solid B. I'm with solid you. I didn't, like, I didn't like a lot of them, but I didn't hate a lot of them. You know what right. I mean? Like I can yeah. live with them. I don't really understand them, but all right. As long yeah. as they aren't making a card overpowered by these quick 
in my opinion, sometimes irrational rationales, um, I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. So that's not the only thing that changed on the 4th of July. No, it's not. Aside from getting uh, balance changes, we also got a ton of new features. By the way, many of which you and I called when we did our uh, wants and needs for this game. Dude, we were at a barbecue for the 4th of July when some of the sneak peeks started coming out. And I'm just going to throw this out there. I know we'll get to it. But you absolutely called the new arena. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You were like, oh, there's going to be a new arena. I was like, eh, what's that going to do? You're like, no, there's definitely going to be a new arena. (laughs) And oh, by the way, it's going to start at 2,300 trophies. I was like, huh? Why would they do that? And then boom. Boom. New arena. New arena. 2,300 trophies. (laughs) I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, Yeah. It was a lucky guess. Yeah, lucky guess. You yeah. you totally have a crystal ball somewhere in your um, house. I'm gonna go to AC and try my luck. Everybody in the clan was telling us that you should uh that you should give me the lottery numbers. Not that you should play them yourself, but just I was, give me Joe, the lottery I was gonna numbers. say if I could pick the lottery numbers like that, why would I ever give them to you? Wow. I mean I'd give you some of the money. I just wow. wouldn't give you I just wouldn't give you the lottery numbers. That's all I I'm saying. We we're brothers. We're brothers, but I'd split the winnings, not the numbers. Well, that's the best way I could say it. How about this? I hope it never happens to you. (laughs) Great. Thanks. So I can't I can't even compose myself. Uh, Okay. okay. Great. So anyway, (laughs) they introduced what they call a massive new feature, which we now know as tournaments. Tournaments. Yeah. Tournaments. So. These are a little bit different than any tournament uh, I've ever seen or played in for any type of game. There's no bracket system like we originally guessed last week. Um, this is kind of like a mini version of the ladder system. Where I was you, just going to say that. Right? That is you such join, a good analogy. You join um, a tournament, if you could get into one, um, and you just fight to get as many trophies as possible. So um, before we go into likes and dislikes and our experience with them, do you want to just talk a little bit about like how they work? So basically the way that it works is, you know, we had a lot of questions about how would it work and how could we create one? Do we have to pay gems to join them or is it just to, to create them and blah, blah, blah. Well, all of that magically got answered with this update, right? Now we know. <laughs> now we know. Um, so what you can do is you can create tournaments for a specific number of gems for a certain number of players um, that can join. Um, The lowest possible tournament that can be created is a 500 gem tournament. That allows 50 different people, whether they're in your clan or not in your clan, to join the tournament. And the top prize for a 50-person tournament is 30 cards. Mm Mm-hmm. The second place gets 20 cards, the third place gets 15 cards, and then anybody in between rank three and rank 25, I guess? Yeah, half, I think it's the top half. Um, about. They get, they get a certain number of cards that go from, we'll just call it 10 to 8, or 10 to 3, whatever the number is, mm-hmm. um, as you get lower and lower and lower down the ladder. And some gold. And some gold, right. Um, so that's the lowest possible one. <laughs> The highest possible one 
costs 250,000 gems. Yeah. Chump change. Chump change, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got that I've got that in my back pocket right now. Yeah, no big deal. The top prize in that tournament is 15,000 cards, which we talked about last week. And, <laughs> and and on top of that has guaranteed guaranteed legendary cards. Unbelievable. There's a YouTube video of somebody opening up a 15,000 card chest. Yeah. Guess how many legendaries are in it? 10. 10. You got it. Wow. 10 legendaries are in that. I can't get one. And this one just had 10. We are spreading ourselves over across two people that are almost, that are in the same trophy count and experience level. And we can't, together, collectively, we cannot get one. The rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer, man. That's really what's happening here. We're totally getting messed up here. But while the, the lowest tournament has 50 open slots, get this. The highest t- tournament, like the most expensive tournament, mm-hmm. quote unquote, the biggest tournament, has a thousand open slots. One thousand. Let me ask you a question. Right? One thousand. Who is going to have two hundred and fifty thousand gems? I actually thought about this a little bit. Quite honestly, I think that people are going to be using this, the the biggest tournament, as like a promotional thing, more like a marketing tactic than like oh, I want to host a tournament today. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. I don't think, I don't think us, we simpletons are going to be holding 250,000 uh, tournaments anytime soon. Us peasants with no legendaries, you can't host yep. big tournaments. <laughs> uh, and we, I think we also mentioned last week, which confirmed again um, this week, it's based on nearby players. So you can have a lot of people spectating it at any given time. Um and then that's how they don't have to worry about the bracket system because anybody that's in your location will be able to see the tournaments that are in your location. So you just join and that's pretty much it. Luckily, we don't have to pay anything to get into the tournaments, which we were wrong about that. We thought that we were going to have to pay something, but we didn't have to pay anything. It's free. But if you could ever join one, it'd be worth it. Well, that brings us to our Probably, I, I mean, maybe I'm speaking to, for myself, but I would assume you would agree with me that that's probably one of the biggest complaints about this feature so far. What? The fact that you can't get into a tournament? The fact that the only way to get into a tournament is to find one and just spam the join button until it just happens to let you join it. Oh, I completely agree. And if you think about it, you can sit there and you can like click the search button to refresh the page over and over and over again. Mm hmm. The supply to demand ratio is so out of whack right now. No, it's crazy. Literally within 10, before 10 seconds are even gone. So like before you can even refresh and scroll down to see the the tournament in your listing, it's full already. The numbers are already 50 out of 50. And you know what's even funnier? I don't understand how it works yet. Um, But have you noticed some tournaments that say capacity one out of 50 but then you try and join and it still won't let you join it's still it's full because the game doesn't even realize that it's it's filled up that quickly right <laughs> it, it, the, the capacity number can't keep up with the demand which i think is interesting so what do you think is driving that like i guess my question is there's there's two reasons why that would happen right one there is so much hype over the tournaments mm-hmm. that so many people are locking in just to play in the tournaments yep but not everybody wants to host a tournament, so you have this influx of people that are coming to just participate in tournaments, right? Right. So that's option number one. And that could be, it doesn't have to be either or, it could be both. The second option is because the minimum amount to create the tournament is $5 because it's 500 gems. Right. So do you think that $5 to create a tournament is appropriate or that it's 
too little or that it's too much? What I mean, personally, I've been, I mean, I don't know. I've been seeing some people complain that $5 is too much for an entry-level tournament, but I don't know. I don't know if I really disagree too much. I feel like if I was going to make a tournament with you, right, $5 between the two of us, that's $2.50. Like, it, what is really, what is that really? Well, I completely agree with you. Right? I, I don't think that it's too steep. I think that, but I do think that some people might think it's too steep. No, I agree. And I, I don't, I don't. I don't hold anything against them if they do think $5 is too steep. To, to be fair, I'll, still, you and I have never put any money into this game whatsoever. And Correct. I, also, we're going to have to now. Like, if we ever want to do our tournament, um, the only way to do it is to buy those gems. Correct. There is so, no way around it. There's no way around that. Because um, you, get, you, only, you, gain, you gain gems from chests too slowly to ever get enough to host a tournament in any reasonable way amount of time yeah i mean it'll take us a year if that to get all of those gems and even then our the temptation to speed up a chest opening is too high completely agree uh the other thing is when you host your first tournament and complete it you get an achievement thank you for giving us more achievements you get uh 500 gems back so if you run the lowest level tournament you get your cost back, which is nice. However, it's funny, I bring this up because we're going to have to dump $5 into the game, spend 500 gems to open up the tournament, but then, Joe, mm. now we have 500 gems to play around with. Correct, which means so. that we can buy a giant chest. <laughs> right. <laughs> or we can host another tournament. Right. One or the other. Uh, honestly, I, th I think I would probably just use it for another tournament. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. But... I do think that it's cool, but I also think that it's smart on their part. I mean, we mentioned, what was it, last week that Tencent actually finalized the purchase of Supercell? Mm-hmm. And we, we talked about the fact that they would want a return on their investment. And they're smart people. They're not, you know, they're not buying this just to have fun. They're buying it because they're smart people that want to make money. Right. So if you think about it, if they entice you and I to spend $5 on the game because we know that we're not going to get $5 worth out of it, we're actually going to get $10 worth out of it, Right. people are going to do it. But what does that do? It causes people to spend $5, whereas previously we wouldn't have. <laughs> Correct. That's true. So it, it's a really smart strategy on their part, but it doesn't make me feel like I'm getting, you know, I'm getting my money taken away from me because they're also, they're being lenient and they're incentivizing me to do it by giving me more. Yeah, that's true. And I was just thinking about what we were talking about with the uh, return on investment with the 500 gems being given back to you. Mm -hmm. uh, that's probably the main reason, aside from the hype, why there were so many tournaments and they were all full. Oh, that's a really good point. Like, right, you, you know what? Like, a lot of people are probably like, oh, whatever. I, I'm, I was thinking about spending money, but I really didn't want to. But now I'm gonna because they give me my gems back and then I can use that on whatever I want or make another tournament. Um, but also now that we've been, you know, playing this game with the new update for a couple of days, the tournaments, uh, the amount in numbers definitely has decreased because people already kind of blew their $5 and did their one or two tournaments and it's kind of over. Completely agree. And I think that that's part of the reason why it's making it so much harder now to, to join a game. Yeah, I also don't really like, and now granted, the stuff that we are complaining about, it, 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 technically it would be considered minor, I think. I mean, we love the feature. 
right? Don't get us wrong. We love the feature. It's just the we first like iteration. Way more than, we like it way more than we could ever not like it. Right, that's true. And I think that it's it's fair to say that this is still the first iteration of it. And they yeah. did say that they're going to release it the way that it is, get our feedback, and tweak it from there. So what I would really like to see is a sort button um, and to be able to filter on specific types of tournaments. Like I'm tired of scrolling through that list and trying to go past all the three-day ones because I'm never going to do a three-day tournament ever. Especially if it's a 50 person thing. Cause like, when are you ever going to be online with the other 50 people in yeah. the three days? Like why? I don't really understand why there's so many different time limits, but that's another thing that's just a little confusing to me. I get the, I get the up to one day one. So like hour, two hour, all the way up to one day, but two days, three days, really? Is it necessary? I don't know, but I would never do one. So yeah, people do it. I guess I, they're always full. I'm with you, but I mean, people could want like a, it would have to be way more organized than like you and I creating a tournament. It would have to be like uh, a company or a, a huge clan that has a huge following that wants to do like a three day clan um, tournament where people play between the times of X and Y and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but, that's true. Or for, know. or to, to incorporate different time zones, I guess. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, not everybody at eight o'clock PM Eastern time here. It's some people, it's still the morning where they're sleeping. So. Touche. But you want to know what we do need to do? Hmm. We do need to host the tournament. <laughs> we, we do. Um, and um, someone brought up something interesting to you uh, in Discord, correct? Or was it in the clan chat? It was actually in the clan chat. Um, so a, f- a couple of the clan members out of nowhere were just talking about the cost of the, the, the tournaments and how much they are and how much money it would cost to get to a larger tournament and blah, 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 blah. And one thing that they were saying is if we were going to have cast Royale tournaments, the people in the clan would donate to our Patreon in order to give us a couple of extra bucks so that the burden wasn't always on us to, to front the tournament fee. And I thought that, that was really, really nice of them. Yeah, that was, and, that was pretty cool. And I mean, I, we would never, ever, 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 ever ask for someone to just hand us money. But the thought that they were being supportive of the fact that we're doing what we do for other people and that they're participating in it was just a really cool thing to to hear you know yeah and i told a couple people in in my side of the clan and they were like sign me up done i would love to do that and you know regardless of whether anybody actually does do that we wanted to publicly say thank you for even thinking of doing that for us exactly um because that was probably one of the nicest things we've heard so far. Completely agree. And to be honest with you, one thing that all we want to, like, we don't want to hold, like, one tournament every other week that's 50 people. <laughs> we want to hold a big tournament that's fun for people. And we would also like to incorporate some of, uh, you know, a good portion of our listeners, too. It doesn't only have to be just the clan. Right. Well, the other thing is, is if it's only 50 people, we can't have more than the clans. <laughs> right. Because we have 100 people already. Right. And then I think you said the first one is 50 people. The next one is 80 people. Yep. And we have 100 people. So we, not enough. we may, I mean, 100 people from our clan might not even do it. Let's just say only 80 people do it. That's okay. But either way, we're not spending 500 gems. We're spending 1,000 at minimum. I would say for our first tournament, we would need at least 200 spaces. You think so? Yes. And dare I ask how many gems? <laughs> Five thousand. Oh my. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, okay, maybe maybe we don't have to do that one. <laughs> could, the, you, could you drop it down a little bit? Maybe we don't have to do that one. Wow. The, it would be 120 people. I need to tell you I didn't expect that at all. I thought you were going to be like, oh, it's 2,000. 120 people is 2,000. Wow. So maybe the first one we do is 120 people. <laughs> mm, yeah, maybe. Um, but either way, we'll figure it out. But yeah, I, and not doing 5,000 right now. Um, I guess with that in mind, uh, Joe, I think it's safe to say that next week, um, we could probably announce our tournament. That is correct. Be sure to listen to our cast next week, obviously. Um, and Joe and I will pick the date. Not sure about any of the other details yet, but we will pick the date of the Cast Royale tournament. Boom. Boom. Um, and then, I mean, I think that that's enough for the tournament feature, right? For now? I agree. Yeah, it's a little overloaded. I think we um, killed it. Yeah, I think we nailed it. Uh, nailed it. Nailed it like the lumberjack. Wow. We didn't even talk about the new cards yet, but now that we're talking about them. <laughs> so we got four new cards. And personally, I thought that we were going to have one from each rarity. But of course, they blew my mind again and gave us one common, one epic, and count them two. Not one. Not one. Two legendary cards. Hooray. What does the um? What does the thumb up face say sometimes when you do the emote? Hooray! <laughs> it's like hooray! Oh, that was epic. <laughs> yeah. So the the common card we got is the ice spirit singular. It's one different than the fire spirits, which gives you three. Um, and this card costs one elixir. Yes. Which is very cool. Um, another one cost card because we don't have many of those. Um, doesn't do a lot of damage, but it does do enough. Where when combined with, let's say, a Valkyrie on Barbarians, Barbarians are done way quicker than if it was just the uh, Valkyrie. Um, and it freezes them for two whole seconds. And no matter where you upgrade it to in terms of level, the two seconds stays the same. It's consistent throughout. What are your thoughts on this card? I like it. I don't I haven't seen it too much. Um, I know Donald Trump and our clan uses it. Um, he says that the Hog Rider. Ice Spirit and Zap are a crazy combination. Haven't tested it. Yeah, it's probably deadly because you think about it, that's a full three seconds that you're stunning something. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about the Ice Spirits is that it, it's, like you said before, Rob, it's, it's a single Ice Spirit um, for one cost as opposed to th three Fire Spirits for two, right? Mm-hmm. But it has more health than a Fire Spirit would, so it's not going to die to, like, a Zap. Um, but like you mentioned, it doesn't really do a lot of damage. It does, however, have enough um, AOE effect that the one Ice Spirit will freeze all Barbarians near one another. That, compared to like a Fire Spirit, that doesn't happen, right? Like if one Fire Spirit jumps into Barbarians, it doesn't hit all of them. It hits probably two or three of them. Right. Um, so the Ice Spirits, it, it has a bigger radius of, dam of damage and... Um, AOE stun effect. So it's a very, very, very good card. I just, I can't wait until I see it in the meta and how it's used. I mean, it's very recent. It came out very recently. So I think this is going to be a game changer for a lot of decks. Yeah, this is fun, especially since they uh, nerfed the free spell a while ago. Agreed. Um, and then the next card that we got was our epic card, which was the bowler. So the way that the bowler works is literally 
He is a bowler. Mm-hmm. He carries around a huge boulder and then bowls it down mm-hmm. the lane. Yep. Um, he's basically doing it like grandma style, right? Like he's granny yeah, style. He and he's pushes it with two, two hands. Two hands forward. And um, anything that he hits get, gets knocked back. But only if that thing can also be knocked back by a fireball. Right. So when the boulder gets bowled down the lane... If it hits a royal giant, it's not going to push it back, but it will push back a hog, um, spear goblins, goblins, whatever. Any, I mean, it probably kills spear goblins, but you, you get the point. It won't. It won't push back a dark prince or a prince. Correct. Um, the crazy thing about this is that it sh- it bowls its boulder mm-hmm. in a straight linear line. Right. Depending on where it is and its opponent is compared to them on the map, so. I think that you have to be very, very, very careful with the placement of this character, because if you throw the troop down and it's offline or off target, it's, it's going to have gonna very little, little impact on the game. <laughs> yep. Um, and then another thing is that it's very, very tanky, which is nice, um, but it has a pretty standard weakness for a tank, right? Minions. Minions and the fact and that the it's minion slow. horde. Yep. And it's slow. Um... But I mean, this thing can take out barbarians so easily. The barbarians will never be able to get up to it because the barbarians move relatively slow. And every single time that they recover from getting damaged, they got knocked back already. So it's just like they keep getting knocked back. It's kind of like they're getting hit by waves that just can't they can never make it to the final goal. That's true. Um, And then the other thing that I wanted to point out with this card um, before we move on to the other cards, did you notice the text that's written down for this card i did not that he 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 enjoys the finer things in life and it mentions something interesting and i bring this up because i'd like to make a cool prediction right now on the podcast it mentions the term dark elixir drinks hmm dark elixir like an evil version of elixir tell me more rob I don't really have that much of a prediction. I'm just saying I think that they kind of already hinted at something that's going to be coming into this game, and it might be a new type of elixir. So I will just say this. Normally in this situation, I'd be like, nah, they're never going to do that, Rob. And you'd say, Joe, you should never (laughs) doubt me. But since you absolutely nailed the arena prediction, I'm going to say I can't wait for this to come out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it's going to do, but I know it's coming out and I can't wait. Yeah, good. I don't know what it's going to do either. I just thought that it was interesting that they would bring in a term like that. That's probably from Clash of Clans. Um, Yeah, it is. And it's it's probably a real thing in Clash of Clans. But I would assume that a lot of Clash Royale players might not know what that is. So boom. Awesome prediction. Boom. Thank you. Um, See it in the arena. Boom. (laughs) Boom. And then we got... (laughs) Two new legendary cards. Um, the first one is the mighty old lumberjack. The second is his trusty log. The second's the tree he chopped down. I can't help but think of the Ren and Stimpy log song. Yeah, I re- like. I was really, really, really rooting for a legendary spell, but I was not thinking rooting a log. for a tree. <laughs> I was not a ficus, <laughs> a dead ficus. I really was. If you would have said to me, Joe, you know how we created a legendary card yeah, the like, other day? Yeah. If you could have said, create a legendary card 
That's of your a spell. choice without any sort of restrictions. We were restricted to certain requirements. Right. With no restrictions, I would absolutely have created a spell. It would have had no Never similarities yeah, to, the to log. a log. Yeah. No, I agree. Now but they did it. They came out with a log. What are your you, thoughts on the log, man? I haven't seen it. Uh, you haven't seen play. the log? No, no, no. Not in, 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 in actual play. I haven't, I haven't seen it. Nobody's really used it yet. Have you seen it on like TV Royale? Mm-hmm. And I've also seen it in the, the sneak peek stuff that they showed on the website. Um, I like it. I think it's a direct counter to a princess. It, it, yeah, no, no, you're right. It is a direct, because it reaches like that far. It, it makes it to like the tile right after the river. So it is a two cost card that directly counters the princess, but also deals a lot of, eh, I wouldn't say a lot, but pretty decent damage a to everything amount. else in the way and knocks them back on the way. Right. As long as it can be knocked back. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically it kind of like tumbles down the lane. It's kind of like the bowler's boulder, only it's a log that's right. tumbling down the lane. And it cost two. Two. So this is a solid, solid, solid cycle card. Yep, I, uh, I actually really like this one. Um, and I don't think that I would be disappointed if I got it as my first legendary, just saying, Supercell. I'm totally with you, but can I just say this? You really want the Lumberjack? I just wish it wasn't called the Log. <laughs> I, think I that's just funny. wish it wasn't a Log. I think it's If funny. it was a Tsunami Wave, I would be, I would be happier. <laughs> yeah? No. Where's the Tsunami Wave going to come from? I don't know. The uh, where's river? the Log coming from? The Lumberjack cut it down. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, and then spilt his <laughs> oh, rage on it. Oh, oh yeah? yeah? Oh, yeah? And then spilt his <laughs> bottle of rage on it, so it grew spikes, because that's totally normal. Yeah, yeah. But, wait, speaking of the Lumberjack, it is the first, and we wanted this so bad, even though we, you know, th- we don't really have an opinion on legendary cards because we don't have them, but we wanted them for the game, not for us, obviously. Boom. A four-cost legendary card. So it's the... F- it's the first of a lot of things, right? It's the first four-cost legendary. Mm-hmm. The first shirtless legendary. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> it's the first. <laughs> it's the first troop that, when it dies, is combined with a spell. Yeah, that was super interesting when I first heard about it, and I was like, "Wait a second, that's." Really cool. So some people might say, well, it's not the first card that when it dies, it does something. Like, for example, when the giant skeleton dies, it creates this huge, massive explosion. The bomb ticks away. But the bomb isn't like a card that you can just drop on the battlefield. Right. At any it's given not like we don't, have a, we don't have a bomb. Correct. It, it, that's just part of the card. The lumberjack carries around the rage spell. Right. What? It's literally a bottle of rage over his left shoulder or like underneath his left arm. And then he wields his axe in the other hand. Did you see the artwork for it? It's like he's drinking it. I know. It's really cool. I think he's, he's drunk on elixir. He's crazy. Yeah. That's he's not lumberjack. elixir. He's, he's drunk on rage. Boom. Drunk on rage. Yo, if we get a lumberjack, that's going to be the name of that deck. So what? Drunk on rage? Drunk on rage. I love it. Yep. Can I, can I just say this? I think... From, from what I've seen, I think people are using this card incorrectly. People are using this card because they think like, oh, let me drop this card with a swarm deck, like a spawner deck or something like that. Mm-hmm. And let's just use it. And then once it dies, like I'll have a free rage spell. Great. The problem with that is you can't predict where it's going to die, first of all. And second of all, you have to prepare 
or hope that you have those little troops that are part of your swarm alive by the time he's dead. Yes, that is true. Here's how I think this card would be used best. I could, honestly, I have no idea if this is right or wrong, but I think that this is how it could be played best. Okay. Or better. Or better. Yes. <laughs> you drop this card in the back towards your crown tower. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you would drop a giant mm-hmm. or a golem or something like that at the beginning of the game. Once it gets to the river, you have almost full elixir again. If you do have full elixir, drop another smaller troop by your by your arena tower, by mm-hmm. your archer tower. Then drop a huge unit like the royal giant or the actual giant behind the lumberjack. And the lumberjack is going to be in front of the giant and it'll be the focus of damage. Right. Which will force it to die first and right in front of your giant who will then have rage. Right. You want this card to die. You want it to deal some damage, but ultimately you just want it to benefit the other troops that you have. Right. He's supposed to be like the warrior that's like coming in and he's like doing a little bit of damage and then I'll take one for the team. Watch out. (laughs) Get down. Yeah. This normally you would want your giant to protect everything behind it. With this, I think it's the other way around. I think you want it to be in front of the giant and then you want your troops your actual troops behind your giant that way they're all raged i did you know what i don't have the card obviously um but i agree i think that that would probably be a really really good way to play it so if you ever get this card please try a giant lumberjack deck play it that way and please tell me if i'm if i'm right or wrong because then i'll know when i get it well i don't know why i'm saying that because i'll never get a legendary so well that's true yeah the uh, the gods of Clash Royale refuse to give us these cards. Do you think and they then, have algorithms for you and I that say thou shalt yeah, not have like, legendaries? Yeah, they're like nonstop rug shall not have a legendary. The boom man, nope. <laughs> Just nope. The the, the, the no code, man. The yeah, code actually nope. says nope. It says nope. <laughs> legendary equals nope. Nope. <laughs> so oh, let's quickly go over the remaining uh, updates because. We already talked about the fact that we have a new arena called Frozen Peak, which is, if I have to say, in my opinion, the most beautiful arena we have so far. I like it a lot. Uh, Yep. And you and I are now both magically in it. uh, The ice luge that they have is incredible. It's very, very cool. And I love the fact that there's blocks of ice floating down the river. Very, very nice. I agree. Yep. Um, And then obviously we got achievements for uh, competing in or creating tournaments. TV Royale now features top players in the Legendary Arena more often. Um, TV Royale was also moved to the middle screen uh, where you normally press battle. Um, Then we also have friendly battles. Um, You can choose the arena you would like to fight in. Love it. Yep. Very, very cool. Such a good change. Love it. Joe, Mm. we nailed this one. Give me it. We nailed this one. Card collection. Sort your cards by arena, elixir cost, or rarity. Boom. Boom. This was exactly, like, literally almost verbatim what we said, only it doesn't have an arrow pointing up or down when we toggle it. <laughs> That's true. We, this is, this is like, exactly what we wanted. It moved over the, the word cards, moved it over to the left, and put the sort button on the right. It is beautiful. It's such a simple concept, and they, they made it look very clean. Um, and it makes creating decks so much more efficient. I don't know about you, but I like the um, the top down the, or the bottom up elixir one 
where elixir cost drives it because I basically know how much each card, each card costs. Right, exactly. So I can always find it. It's also nice that you can sort it by arena. I thought that was a, that was yeah, pretty cool. I, I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your player profile now shows your last used battle deck from any battle, not necessarily the current selected one. Wait, what? That's a, that's another cool feature. So instead of the battle deck that you have selected being shown on your play, uh, on your player profile, it now shows the deck that you last used, regardless if if that's the deck that you currently have selected. That is awesome yeah i thought that that was a fun uh change and then they also did a nice little bug fix where they removed what is known as the 11th elixir drop uh what is that i don't really understand this i hope somebody can actually explain it to me but apparently it has to do with something where you can overcharge your elixir when you Mm -hmm. have full elixir and Mm -hmm. then even if you don't play a unit your elixir is still building up, and if you throw a unit at a specific time, it can recharge a lot faster than normal. Hmm. Apparently, there was a bug that was fixed with all of that. I don't really get it, but... Well, that seems like a bug that needed to be squashed, so... I would completely agree. Stomp to the ground. (laughs) So... I think you're missing one. Uh, I am. Another one we may or may not have called last week. Oh, you're right. We did call this. You called this. I did. Well, I, I asked for it. I didn't really well, call All right, it. whatever. You called it. I asked for it, but I called it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Obviously, mm-hmm. I called it. I've got, of so course you called it. I'm so happy that now when we request a card for people to donate to us, we now have the option to confirm it by clicking the card, and then a little button shows up that says info or request. So simple. I will simple. no longer Request the wrong card. Request Mortar. Mortars. Mortars. Lots of mortars. <laughs> mortars and more mortars. <laughs> mortar on mortar on mortar on mortar. Boom. Boom. Um, so that pretty much does it for this whomping 4th of July update. That was a monster update. Yeah. I, I don't know if I could handle another up like, up, an update like that again, man. I, I don't know how... I don't know whether I really like the fact that so much happened at one time. Or if I would hope that they happen more but less frequently. Like, I can't tell them that I don't want big updates, but I want more often smaller updates. Because I just said before that I don't want a lot of small balance change updates. Right? So I'd have to be consistent. So I want less updates that are big like this. Because I think if there are less of them, no matter how big they are, it gives people time to react to them and enjoy them. I think this is going to be really, really beneficial. Yeah, and I also think that um, the only reason why we got so much is because they did these balance changes, then they did more balance changes, and then a huge update. They should have spaced those out into three separate things instead of one kind of big thing and then one gargantuan thing. Yeah, this was just massive. I mean, like I said, I, I can't complain that they are trying to update and fix the game. Right. I, I can't complain. And to be honest with you, 85 to 90% of these changes and updates I love. So yep. um, I'm not going to complain. Nope. I agree. Um, so we have a chest opening to do. Chest opening. Yeah. So a little bit similar to what we did last time when we did this with Vestidius, but a lot less chests. Right? Correct. So we have our, we both have our crown chests. We both have some free chests, and then we have bigger chests. 
Correct. And we were originally not going to do free chests. However, there are, ironically, way too many legendary cards that come from free chests that we said, eh, let's just see what happens. <laughs> so we kept the free chests in, we kept the crown chests in, and then we kept the big guys in. Yes. Um, I only have one free chest, so I only got one shot at a free chest legendary. Lay it on us. What do you got, right. man? Am I go I'm going first? All right. You go. go. Big brother always leads. Here we go. 70 gold. A mini P.E.K.K.A. And nine cannons. Mini P.E.K.K.A. and cannons are pretty good. I'll take a P.E.K.K.A. So, free chest number one. 73 gold. Okay. The wonderful barbarian hut. And Great. hey, nine cannons. Well, look taking at a, that. Taking a page out of your book. Free chest number two. 76 gold. Ooh, the furnace. Hey. And nine minions. I love minions, so I could take them. That was a good yeah, chest for me. I'll take minions. That's pretty good. Cool. So that's it for my free chests. All right. Um. Uh-oh. Crown chest? Crown chests. Crown chests. All right. I have a gold chest, too, actually. You do? Should I I'll open that. that now? Yeah, I might as well, that. right? Yeah, all right. Gold chest. 203 gold. Two ice spirits. I've been playing this game in the update for two days now. I now have 76 ice spirits. You're so lucky. I Typical. still have zero of the new cards, so. Really? Yep. I don't know, man. I'm sorry. All right, here we go. Three mini P.E.K.K.A. 26 mortars. <laughs> don't <laughs> Unreal. Because you don't have to accidentally Unreal. request them anymore. The game's giving them to you. Less is mortar. <laughs> and one P.E.K.K.A. Nice. Yeah, so I actually now have... I mean, my P.E.K.K.A.'s still level one, but I could upgrade him twice because I have seven. Yes, you can. That's awesome. That's awesome. You can get right. level three. All right, now you, you're up. Are we doing crown chests? Yeah, you're up. All right, here we go. Boom. 507 gold. It's pretty wow. good. Ooh, four gems. Hey. Ice spirits. Yay. I got them. All right. I got a Wombing One ice spirit and All it unlocked right. it. It's so funny nice. that it gave you one. I can't believe I just got one ice spirit. The game literally heard you cry about it and it was that like, is, all right, we'll give Joe one. That is fantastic. I hope it heard fun. me cry about legendaries too. Maybe. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Six musketeers. All right. Which yeah. is awesome because I'm trying to level them up to seven right now. All right. Good. I like that one. 56 arrows. Wow. I don't use arrows, but that's a lot of arrows. Well, you haven't used arrows. You're using a different deck. And I've got... One freeze. So now I can upgrade it to level three. Boom. Nice, dude. That was a good chest. That was a pretty good chest for me, actually. All right, so now my turn? Your turn. My turn. Here we go. Crown chest. 485 gold. Okay. Three gems. Okay. 12 ice spirits. 12. <laughs> 12 times more than one. Sorry, bro. Two Valkyrie. Nice. Five fireball. That's big. I know. I'm almost You're trying to get there. yourself level seven. I'm really, really trying with this one. Yeah. Here we go. Last card. 
Expos? It really heard me say less is mortar because it gave me 45 more mortars. <laughs> so you got 45 plus 25 before? You got 20 something before. That's terrible. That's, I'm sorry. I'm happier with my one fire, my one ice spirit than 76 mortars. You should be because at least it's new. All right, is it my turn? It is your turn. I've, I've got saved a giant chest. Oh, do it. So here we go. <laughs> A whomping 1,319 gold. Oh, that's huge. 74 spear goblins. I was waiting for you to say ice spirits. 157 ice spirits. Whoa! Dude. Nice. That is much more than one. <laughs> that is way more than one. That is so cool. Wow, you can upgrade those guys a lot. And I got 25 inferno towers. So that was like a swing and a miss for me because I don't use it, but I'm more than halfway to level seven now, so I could think about using it. That's true. And you could also use your upgraded ice spirit with your Inferno Tower to take out many a royal giants. That is a perfect strategy. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. Perfect okay. strategies. What do you got there? I, sir. Big guy. Have a magical chest. Ooh. 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 Ooh, it's coming. All right, Let's see are you what ready? You got. It's coming. Yeah. I feel it. You feel the legendary? I I am praying right now. I have my fingers crossed. I'm going to knock my microphone over if I get one, though. If you, you get I one. I won't be able to hear you. You won't be able to talk to me anymore. I'm going to fall off my chair. <laughs> okay, good. Here we go. First, let me tell you seven cards, okay? 527 gold. I'm nervous right now. Me too. Six minions. Go on. 14 royal giants. Dude, come on. I'll take, that. I'll take that. 47 knights. Okay. That's the knight, not the prince. The knight, like the, the knight that's not on a horse. Correct. How many cards do you have left? The Valkyrie. Now I have three left. Okay, come on, come on, come on, come on. 10 three musketeers. Sweet. Wow. A lightning. Two freeze spells. Okay. That was actually a pretty good chest. That was a good considered. chest. Yeah. I got two epics in that chest. That was epic. Yeah. All right. So that does it for me. Did you get any bigger chests? I matched your magical chest, sir. With a magical chest? With another magical chest. Boom. Get a legendary right now on the Here show. Here we go. On the show. I'm so nervous. Don't be nervous. Be nervous. Don't be I'm nervous. nervous. Seven cards. Okay. 559 gold. You always get more gold than me. Dude, I'm sorry. Good job. Proud of you. Three cannons. Okay, weak start. Seven minion hordes. Okay, it's going to pay off, Joe. Eight arrows. <laughs> it's, it's coming. It's coming. Let me, Rob, let me tell a, you, this one's pretty weak so far. This, this, I think this I've is, gotten, out of three cards, I've had a total of 20 commons. <laughs> this, is a, uh, this is a sick joke. <laughs> 19 fire spirits. Okay. So I'm at 40 total cards, all common. Great. How, how many, uh, Three how many cards, cards do you have left? Okay. Okay. It's common. Legendary. The log. 30 spear goblins. All right. Whatever. 18 bomb towers. Come so that means on. that I'm going to get three epics right now. Of the same card. I got two regular princes. So. That's good. So I'm happier because I can, I'm on my way to being able to use Purple Flames deck now. Yes, that's good. 
which is solid. So no legendaries this time around, but you know, I, I didn't really expect one. <laughs> That's okay. No, we can't. We just we hope can't. for one. Um, just hope. Hope so hard. But hey, you got your ice spirit. I got him. You got 77 of him. That's, no, I got much more than that. I had the, the giant chest gave me like oh, 100. Holy, something. yeah. You got like, you got like over 200 of him. Boom. Give me a number. How many you have? I've got 158 ice spirits. So I can't do math. That's pretty much what this came down to. Correct. Yeah. All right. Well, that's why you're the accountant. Boom. Once again, that was still fun. It gets me really nervous when we're recording and I have to announce the cards and I'm like, I'm just sweating for a legendary and it's like, oh, it didn't happen. But that's okay. Next time. That gives us more chances to keep doing this on the show. Boom. Not like we're going to really stop when we get legendaries. We're just going to keep doing it when we get bigger chests. Boom. All right. So let's move on to Deck Spotlight. Deck Spotlight. Yeah. So we have two self-created decks and then one very special deck, correct? That's right. All right. So the first one is titled Bombs Away. Should we be yelling that? I feel like it's your Bombs Away. Yeah, you can't say it just like Bombs Away. You have to be like... Bombs away. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely has to have a couple A's in there for sure. Needs like um, at least three or four. Yeah. Um, so this is a 3.6 average elixir cost deck, and it contains the giant, the barbarians, minions, fire spirits, wizard, balloon, spear goblins, and the zap. Zap. Probably one of my biggest staple cards recently is that zap. Correct. So as you'll know, or as you'll know from the name, Bombs Away, mm-hmm. and the fact that it has a balloon in it. This deck features the balloon and the giant. They are your two offensive cards and should always be used that way. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about the deck is that it contains the wizard. It also contains the barbarians, which should be used defensively. Spear goblins and zap, which can really do a lot of damage, especially when you're putting them up against a minion horde. Um, it's a cheap way to get rid of them. Um, and one thing that I think goes a little bit unnoticed in this deck is how well the fire spirits can really be used. Um, they can do a lot of damage to opponent barbarians, um, to minion horde, regular minions, spear goblins, goblins, you name it. Um, and typically when you throw down a giant, the counters for that are either minion horde, you know, a cannon, barbarians, you know, you name it, mini P.E.K.K.A., but sure, the fire spirits might not kill all of them, but it'll do a lot of damage, if not kill a lot of them. Especially when you combine that with a wizard. Right, a wizard and a zap. Mm-hmm. Um, it just becomes way too easy. So the, the best thing about this deck is that you don't use the balloon right away. You save the balloon for probably your second um, full cycle. The first cycle should really just be defend with your barbarians and your spear goblins and your and your fire spirits if you need to, um, or your minions, until you have the giant to cycle to. Right. Once you have that, you put it in the back, um, behind your king tower. You let it walk down whichever way you decide to choose, um, and then when it gets closer to the river, you drop down the wizard right behind it. Then you drop down the fire spirits and get ready to zap. Boom. Because the beautiful thing about the Zap, the Fire Spirits, and the Wizard is that the combination of those three things 
absolutely destroys anything that gets dropped down. Total AoE Armageddon. Right. And even if the opponent doesn't drop down AoE cards, if it drops down something like a mini P.E.K.K.A., the mini P.E.K.K.A. is absolutely dead to Fire Spirits, a Wizard, and a Zap. Yep. But you shouldn't have to use all of that to kill it. It'll probably die to just the Fire Spirits and the Wizard. But you should be prepared to Zap Minion Horde, Spear Goblins, Regular Goblins, um, Archers, Minions, Minion Horde, you name it. Anything that's multiple card, Zap, Fire Spirits, Boom. Speaking of Boom... Speaking of boom, you do the exact same cycle, only this time... They don't know that you have a balloon. Exactly, so they're only going to be defending against your giant. And you drop the balloon, it becomes a huge shock, and as you can imagine by the name, you're just dropping bombs. Yep, definitely. Bombs away! This deck seems serious. But you really, really, really will need to defend when needed with your fire spirits, your minions and your barbarians, also your spear goblins, as needed until you can get to that cycle with the giant. You really shouldn't play this deck offensively until you can really cycle to the way that we just described it. Cool. And then the next deck that we have is called Kaboom. I'm sure you can imagine who made that name up. Sounds like something you would make up, Joe. Kaboom. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, this deck costs four, solid four for average elixir. Um, It includes Prince, um, the Hog Rider, Freeze, Rocket, the Spear Goblins, Arrows, Bomber, and the Barbarians. So this deck, like you said, Rob, is a 4.0 deck. Mm-hmm. It's pretty costly and does not include a very notable card, the Elixir Pump. Right. The thing about this deck is that you cannot play it in hopes that you're going to have an advantage later on mm-hmm. because it's pretty expensive and you have to use your cards very wisely. Um, the good thing about this deck is that the cards that you use don't die very, very simply. The only card that dies quickly, you'll say, is the Spear Goblins. Everything else, like the Barbarians, the Bomber, the Hog Rider, and the Prince, they're all a little bit... They're, oh, they're uh, meatier. They're a little bit meatier. Mm-hmm. Um, they get increasingly meatier from the bomber to the prince, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not easily dealt with with arrows or a zap, yada, yada, yada. So the key with this deck is to play it defensively while throwing your prince and hog rider out as needed on the same tower. You don't have to, th- you know, in Purple Flames deck, we were talking about the fact that with the hog and the prince, we could attack separate towers but that had a much quicker pace so you could really constantly pressure both towers with this deck it's a slower deck it really requires you to take advantage and control one tower the cool thing about the deck is that it includes the barbarians the bomber and the freeze so you can play extremely defensively if you need to right while building up an offensive strategy and how you can do this is you can let your opponent come in. Don't be afraid to let them come into you. And then what you do is you drop the barbarians. If they drop multiple units that you want to kill, well, you have the freeze and the bomber. If they have air units, you have the arrows. <laughs> so there's a lot that you can do to slow the game down and make sure that your opponent is not getting the benefit of building up this huge swarm of an attack. 
you can't be afraid if they drop down a huge target like the Royal Giant or the Giant to drop down either your Barbarians or your Prince with the Bomber. The combination of those two, the Prince and the Bomber or the Barbarians, is going to wipe out the, the Royal Giant before it's going to kill your tower. It'll get damage in. It's the Royal Giant. That's what it does. But you'll, you'll prepare yourself to go on the offense. How does the rocket play into this? Well, I was, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so while the, the free, let me just say that the freeze is used defensively, but if your hog or your hog and the prince get onto a tower, use it offensively because the hog and the, and the prince will absolutely destroy a tower in four or five seconds mm-hmm. when they're just sitting on it. Right. Um, it might not kill the tower, but you get the point. It'll destroy it. It'll right. get it very, very low. The rocket needs to be used for one of two reasons. You need to use it to kill something like three musketeers or a sparky, because this deck is very um, prone to being killed by that, unless you're using the freeze against the sparky. Right. Right. But the, you don't want to use your freeze against the musketeers, because then you're really spending <laughs> four elixir to freeze them, and then four or five elixir to kill them so you're pretty much evening out with them you want to build up an offensive strategy right so you also want to save the rocket to be a surprise they shouldn't know you have it and you should only use it defensively if you need to this should be like a money in the bank kind of spell to just destroy the tower once you've been eating at it slowly but surely well i mean the deck is called kaboom if you end the game on a rocket you have to yell bo- kaboom. You can literally just say kaboom and then just walk away. Yeah, I like it. So the last deck that we have is actually a really special deck because it's the first deck that's ever been contributed by one of our very own listeners. Boom. So we had a listener reach out to us that was like, hey, do you guys take deck spotlight suggestions that we can use? Um, no, you know, we'll tell you the, the deck and you can play with it and see if you like it and then use it on the air. And of course, the answer is yes obviously so this guy's name is justin and his in-game name is jdog2303 he created a deck called hey whatever works (laughs) yeah and there's there's a small story behind that right because he made a lot of tweaks to this deck and then eventually he landed on a solution and was like hey i guess it works yeah he had like 10 iterations of the deck and like kept sending different emails and was like hey try this abort abort try this (laughs) other one the other deck didn't work he was good but we found one that works. Um, so, hey, whatever works, it's a 4.1 cost elixir deck and goes a little something like this. It's got the Royal Giant, the Bomber, which just recently got upgraded, mm-hmm. the Arrows, the Zap, the Witch, the Musketeer, Elixir Collector, and the Barbarians. And the Witch also got an upgrade too a couple weeks ago. Two buffs. Two buffs. The past two previous balance changes aside from this one. Correct. So um, J-Dog, Justin, was actually kind enough to give us a very lengthy explanation for the deck, but also found a way to send us a video for gameplay so we could see how we actually played it. So from what we were able to tell, um, it actually plays a little bit different than most 
giant, royal giant, uh, and witch combination decks I've ever seen. Would, would you agree? Completely agree. I have never specifically seen um, a deck that works like this. Normally you have a royal giant and then your witch is behind the royal giant. That's not really what was happening in this deck. So to start, what he did was he dropped his elixir collector behind his um, uh, king tower. Um, I guess theoretically it can go anywhere, but he only dropped it once he got to 10 elixir. Um, Once he was back up at 10 elixir, he chose a side. Um, in this specific example, he drops his witch on the right-hand side, um, behind the King Tower again, and just let it go. He just let it go down the lane and didn't really touch it. He may have done a couple things like you zap or, uh, uh, throw arrows, but that was really just to keep the right side at bay while on the left side, he dropped his Royal Giant his musketeer and his bomber all on the left side while his witch was doing stuff on the right side. And then if the witch couldn't take care of what was going on the right side, or that lane happened to push back towards that tower a little bit more on his side, he would use his barbarians and his arrows and zap when he needed to. It really was incredible. When, when he showed us the video, you nailed it when you said that he basically dropped the witch in the back just to distract. like. It was almost as if he was dropping the witch to start a push on the right side, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't. He was starting a push on the right side just to keep it at bay. His actual push was on the left side, and it's a pretty brutal combination when you have a royal giant, a musketeer, and a bomber. Yeah, I mean, you, you have the royal giant that's taken out the tower or whatever building's in front of it. You have the musketeer that's hopefully doing the same thing. If not, she's taking care of most of your ground, uh, attacks. And then you have the bomber who theoretically is taking care of barbarians, which are one of the number one combinations to attack a royal giant anyway. Right. And the beautiful thing is if they dropped minion horde or minions or something squishy, you've got the arrows. I mean, you also have zap if it's even more squishy, like like the goblins and the spear goblins. True. That's a very good point. This was a really solid deck. He really put his opponent on the defense only because... The opponent really had to react to what he was doing because the witch and all of its little skeletons, plus if he needed to, like Rob said, backed up with the barbarians, there was no way that guy was getting through his towers. He wound up, I think, winning three to one in the match that we saw. The guy wound up getting one of his towers, but that was because he had to finish his push, which makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I really, really like um, this deck a lot. And I think the reason why I like it is what I said before. It's used differently than any other combination of these cards I've ever seen. And like the title says, hey, whatever works. So thank you, uh, Justin, for sending us that deck and the explanation. So um, if anybody else would like to do the same thing, we would love for you to send us an email with um, your deck that you would like us to feature. Um, We obviously can't feature everyone's deck, but if you do send us one, Um, The only things that we do ask is please do your best to try and explain how to play it um, as best you can. Um, Come up with your creative name. If you if you can't come up with one or you'd like us to come up with one, just tell us we will. Um, And if at all possible, um, feel free to take a uh, a video of your gameplay, at least one, maybe. Um, And you could always upload it to a site like Dropbox or Google Drive. That's what Justin did. And then he just emailed us the link, which was great. It made it so easy. We didn't have to really download anything and we could watch it almost immediately. Yep. Over and over again. 
many, many times so we could perfect it. So that does it for our deck spotlight. We have emails and reviews, lots of them. Last week, we didn't have too many. This week, we've got a lot. Yeah, it's pent up. It's pent up emotion here. Boom. Our first email comes from Mike, and Mike writes, Hello guys, I'm Mike from Rainy Wales. I love your podcast. I downloaded it last week, and I've just finished listening to episode 11. I've just run into Arena 7, and I'm on a 12 undefeated run. My deck consists of a P.E.K.K.A., a Balloon, a Prince, Archers, Skeletons, a Tombstone, the Rage Spell, and Arrows. In your previous episode, you mentioned that fast-moving troops push slow-moving troops. I didn't realize that. So I have a simple tactic. Drop P.E.K.K.A. at the back. Elixir is usual at 10. By the time the P.E.K.K.A. gets to the bridge, place Prince behind P.E.K.K.A., leaves me with 5 Elixir, then watch what the opponent drops. If just ground troops, I drop Balloon and Rage. It's devastating. My other troops are for defense only. I react depending on what the opponent does. My favorite part of your show are your thoughts on certain cards and decks. Brilliant. Keep it going, lads. This was such an awesome email. Yeah, and hey, there's a there's a, uh, a quasi-deck spotlight right there. First of all, from Mike from Rainy Wales, was on a 12... 12- run undefeated streak yeah i don't know where that came from when i've never i've never seen 12 games upwards i mean he's got a level down. four pekka he's got a level four pekka and he's obviously using a really good combination with the pekka and the and the balloon um but how cool is it that from the last episode he realized that small troops that move quickly can push big troops and it's a good strategy because yep. it really gives your opponent a lot less time to react um and i mean if you're pushing a, a pekka across the map fast double the speed faster than it's supposed to walk Mm -hmm. it really 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 makes your opponent react quickly and could cause them to mess up so um we're really happy it worked for you your deck seems awesome we appreciate the email and the kind words so the next one is actually very funny in context not actually what he says so this one is from gerald whose in-game name is arpeggio and Arpeggio writes, just ran into Jezebel on the ladder. And before I continue with the rest of the email, let me just reinform everybody that Jezebel is one of uh, the top players in our, in my uh, clan. Um, she is very, very good. She is in the uh, legendary arena and uh, she happened to have run into someone uh, from another clan. So that's who this is. So they wrote, um, I'm actually in Purple Rain, the guys that do the Clash cast. Your podcast is amazing. I'd like to visit you anytime, and you are more than welcome to come visit Purple Rain, the one with the lightning bolt. We should tournament and stuff. You can reach us on Discord as well. My in-game name is Arpeggio. And he sent a screenshot um, of his game against Jezebel, which I thought that was really cool that We are making it to other people's clans and podcasts. And the fact that this person emailed us to let us know and was just like super excited that they recognized our clan name and was like, I have to email them. Yeah, that's so cool. I read this email and I I was just in awe. I was shocked that anybody because like when you play people, yeah, you you see their clan name. But like, do you really pay attention to it? Like this, this guy saw Jezebel saw Cast Royale, realized it was us, and then sent us an email about it. It was so cool. Yep. And, um, you know, we, we really appreciate the, 
that you you listen to our cast and that you think it's really good and and thank you for the kind words. We did reach out to Arpeggio on Discord, so we friended him. We think that creating a an even bigger tournament outside of just obviously the Cast Royale clans, um, but to other clans and obviously in an open forum in a in a bigger tournament would be really cool. Oh, so we would love we're to do that. Trying to set that up that way everybody could uh, hear the. You're the big password. Yeah. So if anyone from ClashCast uh, wants to get in touch with us, you know where our uh, contact information is. We would love to do a huge tournament with you guys. Right. And for anybody who listens to us but doesn't listen to them, ClashCast is a Clash of Clans and Clash uh, Royale podcast. They mm-hmm. kind of mix it all into one. Um, they're very good. It's a different format and different style, obviously different people and different perspectives. So, um, you know, if you're not in our clan and you're, can't, and you're not in a clan, feel free to join theirs. If, as long as you're in a clan, um, and if you want a different perspective on the game, be sure to check them out. Definitely. Um, and then the next email that we got is actually from one of our new clan members who, before he sent this email, was not in the clan, which I think is a fun twist of fate. So yep. this one is from Spoderman. Spider-Man or Spoderman? It's definitely Spoderman. But the like O the and the I twin? are right next to each other on the keyboard. So I wonder if it was a typo and he just left it. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So Spoderman... Um, writes, Hey guys, love the podcast. I discovered it about a week ago and have been listening to it ever since. I've been trying to join one of your clans, but they both seem to be full. My screen name is also Spoderman. I'm a level eight player at the 2000 trophies, and I can use some advice about how to get farther into Royal Arena. Thanks and keep up the great work. Spoderman. P.S. Joe, I'm going to let you do the P.S. because this is all you. P.S. Harada! Boom. Boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, Spoderman, thank you so much. Um, we are very, very glad that you were able to get into, well, I'm, I'm, you're, we're both glad that we, you were able to get into one of our clans. I'm super excited that you were able to get into my clan. Uh, but also Spoderman also asked us about some advice to, into how to get further into the Royal Arena, right? Mm-hmm. And the number one thing that we can possibly recommend is pick a deck, find a deck and pick a deck that fits your play style. If you like to play defensively, pick a defensive deck. If you like to play offensively and don't really care about defense, pick an offensive deck. If you like a little bit of both, choose that. Mm-hmm. The key is pick a deck and stick and with it. Stick with it. Yep. Do not change your cards every day. Do not go into TV Royale and be like, huh, that deck worked. Let me try it. If you want to see if a deck feels right to you, fine. But once you find that deck, play with it until you're blue in the face, until you learn it in and out until you learn exactly how it counters and doesn't counter other cards and other decks. And you'll, you'll find that you're going to climb after you play a lot of games with one deck because you're going to figure out how to play with it. And once you master a deck, you're going to play that deck better than somebody else who might even be a higher level than you that isn't a master of their own deck. Correct. That's our advice. Boom. So thank you again for the kind words and for joining the clan and the awesome email double boom yep and then our last email is from casey who writes love the show keep up the good work fellas your clairvoyance on wanted updates seemed a little too uncanny i have not listened to it again line by line but some if not most of the changes were geared towards your suggestions minus the mute button i suggested going over all the changes that happened on the fourth 
and comparing them to what you mentioned you wanted changed in the last episode. I now use the tournament system to test new decks mentioned in your podcast. It is an easy way to test your deck on a diverse group without losing trophy count. Thanks for doing what you do. Boom. Boom. How good was that? This was such a cool email. I thought the fact that Casey used our tor- our decks within tournaments really, one, puts it to the test, and yes. two... You might think like, ah, oh, that's not a good idea. What if you lose? Well, if you lose, then you know it didn't work. But also, you're not losing trophies. You're right. just not you're, you're just losing, not winning in a tournament. You're losing tournament trophies, but really, who right. cares? And if you don't get a chest, it's not like you can't play in another one anyway. So right. this is like a really safe place to play, especially versus capped cards. I I thought this was a solid idea, and I'm definitely going to start doing it. Um, not just like requesting friendly battles and playing against people with trophies. I'm going to start testing decks in the in the tournaments, especially if I know I just want to practice things and I'm never going to get to a trophy count that or I guess a a, a tournament trophy count that'll get me like a, a chest because let's face it, I want to play another one if I'm losing, right? Right. Completely agree. Pringles, man. Pringles. Once you stop, the fun don't nope. pop. No. Nope. Once you pop, nope. the fun don't stop. Pop. Once you, <laughs> once you stop. Something of, once you stop, you just can't pop. Something about popping and, pop and, and stopping stop. and, and boom. <laughs> uh, um, and that does it for all of our emails. Uh, Joe, you want to take the reviews? Sure. I'm stealing your job, though. Hey, man, we share clans. We can share reviews, huh? First we do the clans. Now we do the reviews. <laughs> so we got three new reviews this week. Um, the first is from Mr. Youngblood. Is a five-star review. It says, the best Clash Royale podcast out there. These guys are a hoot, and they give hours of entertainment and a Clash Royale fix when you're driving to work or working out. I'm trying to join their clan Clash Royale right now, so fingers crossed. Happy clashing and boom, Ginger Raff. Boom. And let me tell you about Ginger Raff, which I'm kind of sad about because I really wanted this person in our clan. Um, he actually requested to join our clan, but I didn't get to the request quick enough. Seriously? Yeah. So I, I think it was like a couple of minutes before I went on and then the request went through. I came on, I went to press it and he was sadly already in another clan. So no. I know. So if he requested again, if he just, you know, leaves that request in for a little while and, and doesn't join another clan, eventually either myself, Cowboy Coffee or Lady Law is going to see it. And as long as he again puts podcasts like he did the first time, we will obviously accept him as long as we have the room. So the next time that we're going to be doing our clan refresh is on Sunday when Mm -hmm. we always do them. So check midday for open slots. Don't forget to request, leave the request there and don't try and join another clan and just make sure you include podcast in the name. Yes. And for anybody else that's looking to join our clan, obviously, uh, we were saying it before, leave podcast in the invitation. Um, but leave your request on there. Like Joe was saying, because you know, People work. It takes us a little while to get to those requests, but we do try to get to them as quick as possible. But also, we usually just fill the clan and it's first come, first serve. So if if we do wind up getting more open spots, please try again. Boom. Boom. So the next review is another five-star review by Lepeste1972. I like that. Lepeste, it's like a Spanish pasta. I like it. Lepeste. <laughs> it's the pasta. 1972, the pasta. Uh, great. Aged pasta is the best. It is the best. So they write, binge listened. I found this podcast this week and can't stop listening. I love this game, but I was unsure how a podcast dedicated to the game would work out. 
Let me tell you, it's awesome. The hosts have great synergy and manage to keep me riveted for an hour or more. Nice. Keep up the great work. Edit. I forgot to mention that the opening theme music is epic. Yes. It reminds me of a great video theme music from Nintendo. Yes. Rob, you must have loved this <laughs> review. I loved it the first time because it didn't have the edit in there. Obviously, he went back and added that. Yeah. Um, but when you first told me about this review, you were like, yo, you gotta read this. It's like specifically for you. And, uh, Spanish pasta. Thank you so much. I can't, you don't even know how much it means to me to hear that you like the music. Um, I, I did work really hard on it. Uh, just me and my Mac. Um, and I hope other people are enjoying it too. It's only a 15 second or so introduction, 15 or 20 second introduction. But let me tell you the amount of time and effort that Rob spent creating that theme music to to get it perfect in his mind and get it sound the quality that it does is just it was a lot of effort and this meant so much to him i i was happy for you when i read it well thank you i appreciate it and on top of that don't forget the fact that the you know 20 second version that you hear on the podcast is only the shortened version of the full length song that is a very good point which our patrons get uh so that if if anybody donates to our uh patreon you get a copy of the full-length theme song which is about two minutes long so boom i did work really hard on it and the final review is a another five-star review i'm just gonna call this one triple b triple b triple b is good i'm gonna call this one triple b (laughs) they write great show great fun america this one was given to us right before the fourth of july so as you can imagine patriotic themes were flying around (laughs) totally appropriate Thank you for the review. Um, and we got, speaking of Patreon, um, we actually got one new patron this week. Patron! And our new patron's name is Dean Warwick, who has the coolest last name, I think, of all time. Wait, is Warwick, is Warwick a League of Legends character? Oh, I forgot about that until you just said that. He's the, he's the wolf guy. He's the wolf guy. I used to use him all the time, and for so long he was nerfed. I mean, he was overpowered. What an awesome, awesome name. Dean Warwick, thank you so much for, for supporting what we do. Um, you know, it, it might seem like a small gesture to you, but it is a huge, huge act that is appreciated by us greatly. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Definitely, definitely. Um, And that will only help us move the show forward and, if anything, help us make tournaments. Boom. And we hope that you enjoy the sweet, sweet gifts coming your way. Boom. So that does it for this monster of an episode. Oh, man. I know. I think I'm tired. I might pass out. I'm going to go to bed. I am. I, I think I am sleeping already. I am sleeping, too. I'm, I'm talking in my sleep right now. <laughs> so sleep talking about Clash Royale. So if anybody wants to sleep, email us. Um, you can shoot us an email at feedback at castrayalpodcast.com or you can connect with us um, via our contact us page on our website. Um, it's a contact form you can fill out and it comes right to our phones. So uh, feel free to do that there. And as always, you can reach out to us on Twitter using the handle at Podcast Royale. Yes. And as we mentioned before, if you would like to support us on Patreon, go to castroyalepodcast.com slash Patreon. Um, and any amount that you donate, there is some sweet reward waiting for you at the end of the tunnel. Boom. Boom. 
Um, as always, if you would like to leave us an iTunes review, that would be greatly appreciated. It is the number one way that we can reach more listeners. The more reviews, the more people hear us. And don't forget, we still have a survey out. Um, the, the link to the survey is going to be in the show notes. So if you click that, it'll really just help us tailor the show to what you guys want and um, where you are with the arenas. So um, be sure to take a couple of minutes to, to fill that out. It's already helping. I can definitely tell every time we make a new episode. So Boom. Yep. Um, and as always, stay tuned for next week for another hodgepodge of everything. Boom. <laughs> Good one. I like it. <laughs> uh, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.